In the name of the true and living God, amen. amen. Please be seated. Paul speaks about freedom in his letter to the Galatians. This is a big theme in that letter. He reminds them that in Christ, they are free. And he is really upset because they don't know it. He wants them to know that they are free. And as I said in my sermon last week, it is one thing to be free, and it is another to know it. Other evangelists who had come after Paul had gone to that community and taught them different teachings than what he had been offering. They came and taught them that the Galatians came to believe that their salvation was from adhering to the code of the law, to what they would do, how they would dress, what they would eat, being circumcised. But Paul needs to correct that view because their freedom simply is in Christ and in giving themselves to Christ in faith. If we follow Christ without freedom, if we follow him only out of obligation and not because of our free will, our following doesn't even mean anything. It must be in freedom. Have you ever seen a child at the edge of a moving escalator standing on that solid part of the ground and lifting one of the feet up and then gently putting it down and as soon as it starts to move that foot, lifting it up again and, and sort of navigating what to do before they finally get the courage to step on with both feet and let that escalator take them somewhere? When Jesus talks about following him like we heard in the gospel just now, he uses strong language requiring us that we follow in freedom, which means fully, with both feet, not attached, not looking back. As Paul says in the letter to the Galatians, for freedom, Christ has set you free. We are free to follow as well as to fail, free to get up again, free to give of ourselves, and free to receive. Only in freedom do we step into the kingdom of God, which is the realm of the Spirit. And Paul says that the fruits of the Spirit are joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, and self-control. And he says, finally, if we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. And all of it grounded in freedom. Our faith is at its best when it is built not on obligations or on contracts, but on freedom. That's why it's called faith. And it can be said, too, that our country at its best is about freedom. This is one of those Sundays when I had prepared a whole different sermon for this weekend. But with the events that have transpired that have rocked our country starting on Friday, it calls for a different message. We learned on Friday, and I think probably everybody will remember exactly where you were when you heard this news, that the Dobbs decision has come down and the Supreme Court has officially struck down Roe v. Wade. Already nine states have outlawed abortion. 
Seven states are in the process of doing so very soon. And it looks like in total 20 states will soon outlaw all or nearly all abortions. Now I feel it is really important to acknowledge that not everybody who is a member of this community is of like mind. And there are very strong opinions around this issue in varying ways. And in fact, it is a cherished value of St. John's that we acknowledge that we will not all think alike and that we can still come together. We can still value each other across our differences. We can see things differently and still be a community. And let me say, for my part, I am grieved to see this ruling transpire the way that it has. I am grieved because I know that it will bring less rights, less freedom, more fear, and more insecurity to millions of women and others, especially among those who are the most vulnerable. I am grieved for those who are now in fear that this may also open the door to taking away other rights, as has been forecast like to contraception or to the ability for all people to love who they love and to have marriage equality. Also impacted, of course, are caregivers, friends, and others who will now have to fear when they do their jobs or when they seek to help others. As I wrote in the reflection that was sent on Friday, the Episcopal Church has over many years taken a clear stand, since 1967, in fact, on women's reproductive rights. And this has been done faithfully, thoughtfully, and with much dialogue. The church teaches that this is a complex issue, and that all life is sacred, and that there is a tragic element to every abortion. The church also affirms unequivocally that legislating this issue will not address the root problems and that the rights of women or anybody who is pregnant to have their own choices for their own bodies should not be something that is removed. If their rights are taken away, we diminish their human dignity. And I believe that this is true, and it grieves me to feel that that dignity is being taken away right now. Without a doubt, and regardless of where you may happen to stand personally on this issue, it is a sad outcome of this decision that our bitter divisions are only being inflamed, as if today we needed any more division than we already have had. In his letter, Paul uses amazing language to talk about how the Galatians apparently had been treating each other when he says, do not bite and devour one another through love, become servants to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single command, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I pray for us all that our hearts will be turned toward love in freedom, and that our feet will step in freedom, even as we may be stepping off of safe ground. We all have an opportunity and a Christian duty to care for one another this day, to give hope to one another, and to look out for one another. May the Spirit of God guide us into the freedom 
to do so. Amen.